Welcome into another episode of Spread the Floor, the world's first and only NBA podcast, probably. I am your host, Brian Gill, and joined as always by my co-host, the Pau Gasol to my Mark Gasol, it's Tobin Hodges. How are you, Tobin? Uh, Gasol brothers for life. That's that's good. That's good. <laughs> Would you rather really be Mark or, or Pau? I think they are both equally Gasols. I don't know. Okay. Like, they both have titles now, so that's good. Mm-hmm. That's they, true. They both seem pretty chill, which is good. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think Pau is, like, a great humanitarian, um, whereas Mark seems like he's more fun to hang out with. I don't yeah. know. That's just an that's just outside perspective. Outside. You know, which... Okay, so this is a Gasol aside, but <laughs> which one would you think has had the better NBA career at this point? It's probably Pau, but it's close. It's closer um, than you would think, right? Yeah, because like Mark might have had Mark had like the, the these two years where he was. I mean, he's defensive player of the year, and he's just he's he's an out just a really great basketball player. But Pau had like a ten year run where he was an all star or very close to an all star. Won the top, you know, all that sort of stuff. Do you remember? I used to hate Pau Gasol. I don't really care anymore, but. Used to hate him just because um, for a stretch there was the, well, he's better than Dirk conversation and oh, that yeah. always made me insane. I mean, absolutely insane. So that has thankfully has gone away um, and rightfully so. But but uh, yeah, he seems like a, he's Pal seems like a great guy and Mark I'm sure is a great guy too. But Mark seems like he um, maybe tips back a couple of Beverogenos, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just like a cool bro. So that's, that's a guess. Just, just a guess on my part. Um, I think also we kind of have a different feeling about pal because he's been such a West coast rival for so long. Cause yeah. He, Cause he went from the Lakers to, you know, mm-hmm. to the Spurs mm-hmm. and then just, he just seemed like he always picked on a team that we didn't like sure. in general. So that's, that's yeah. probably playing in some of that as well. That's fair. That's fair. Um, this is not the Gasol cast. It's, it's spread the floor. Um, <laughs> And we have basketball this week, Tobin. Knock on wood. I don't want to jinx anything. Yeah. Um, so far, so far the uh, the NBA has has not baseballed this up. Man, how far have we come at this point? Like, what a weird. Uh, how long? I don't know. Six too months. Long. Eight, the 12, answer is too I have long. No clue anymore. Um, what a weird. This is going to be such a I, real fast. It just. We have, we'll have, I mean, it's going to be such a weird thing to try to explain to our children and our grandchildren someday, um, what this whole, just from, I just mean, even from just like a sports slash pop culture perspective, let alone, you know, real things that mm-hmm. actually matter and stuff. It's going to be very difficult to explain. But yes, if you go back and you listen to this show, I'm sure we sound like complete buffoons a thousand times over because of like, Oh, I think we'll probably get back in a couple of weeks. Like. What a stupid thing, you know, all the things that have taken place over, over the last few months, but we're, but we're here and, uh, and barring some kind of Marlins esque outbreak, uh, <laughs> despite Lou Williams best efforts to, to, to ruin this entire thing. Um, we are recording this on a Monday and on Thursday evening, we will be able to watch real actual NBA basketball for the first time. In several months. So, how are you feeling, buddy? We made it. <laughs> I feel great even though, like, not even though, because I've even been watching, like, all of the scrimmages. Like, right now, mm-hmm. I have the Lakers and Wizards scrimmage on, yeah, which same. sounds like the worst thing ever, uh-huh. considering yeah. LeBron's not... Costas, Atacampum, <laughs> blah, 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 you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. They, he is, he uh-huh. is playing right now uh-huh. and leading the game in scoring. Right. But I Can I make care. it even worse for you? Less. 
Oh, this, yeah. This scrimmage happened earlier today, so we're oh, not even watching it. Oh, it does say previously yet. recorded. Okay, but still, <laughs> yeah. I'm still watching yeah. it, and if that is not so. an indication to <laughs> what right. is the world, right. then... Because, like, I mean, I said this, I think, on the last broadcast, or maybe may have been just in person, but I... Um, I don't even watch summer league games because I just don't like scrimmages don't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. But I have mm-hmm. I have been watching these with like bated breath this whole week. Yeah. So it's been great. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, same here. It's been look, it's been a as awful as all of this has been for, for everybody, it's been the last few weeks have been blessed respite with for us with EPL. Um I've even watched some baseball, which I hadn't done in, in quite a while. Uh all these scrimmages I've been watching. So it's it's there's a there's this, just a bit of normalcy that has returned to our lives, and it's it's been very nice. So um, we're not going to go through all the news and recap what's going on at the Disney bubble uh, because we're, we've we've got something else to do. But it's I again, I know I've come on and said this pretty much every week for the last two months, but like the NBA is killing it. They're doing a fantastic job of of showing how things can be done if you have good leadership and if you are responsible and you're listening to uh to what <laughs> the experts are saying and stuff mm-hmm. and uh and baseball is not so um there's that but uh but the nba is doing a great job and and i th- i really think we are we are tracking well towards um towards real for as skeptical as people have been about this whole thing up to this point i i just and of course it could still it could still go awry you never know but at this point, the NBA has done just an outstanding job, and we're about to get real basketball again. So I can't well, and the only sports league that has had the same success as them has been the EPL. And, mm-hmm. you know, sure. like every other league, as we've seen today with baseball, every other league is having, like, pretty significant issues. Like, I mean, the, the even the MLS, like, they're in even mm-hmm. in a bubble. And Dallas, the Dallas, they used to be the burn. I don't even know what they are anymore. The FC yeah, Dallas FC now. Dallas. Yeah, yeah, they the got Nashville sent home. Well. Like, just yeah. because, like, okay, well, yeah. we can't do anything about it. Just send them home. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's just, you For know. The re- yeah, totally. I mean, again, I don't want this to be the entire, like, the entire podcast, but but the NBA has done it well. Uh, the NHL to this point, I think their last yeah, that's true. round that's of, true. Has, has zero, and they're all headed to their bubble now. And I will give MLS credit. Um, they took a lot of crap in the out, the outset of all this because they had so many players. They had enough players test positive after arriving um, that it caused for for plenty of concern. But since that initial outbreak with Dallas and Nashville, there hasn't been any any positive results. So the bubble thing has worked. Um, baseball. <laughs> You know, can't can't get that figured out. And by the way, it's coming for the for for the NFL as well. I I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it is much harder to bubble uh, an entire NFL season than it was was to bubble what what the NBA has done. Um, so I you know I totally get that. It's it's not apples to apples. Um, but they also don't seem like they have a great plan in place. So it's going to be a thing for for the NFL in the fall. So just you know, be ready for that. Um, if you're if you're a big NFL fan, so uh, be be on the lookout. Um. Tobin, what we're going to do tonight, this is a, this is a two-part episode. Um, I, I guess we'll probably release these a day apart. So, so today you'll get, uh, you'll get this episode, and tomorrow I'll come back and you'll get an, a second episode this week. We are going to look through the 11 teams that are at the NBA bubble right now um, that are competing in the seeding games and then into the playoffs, potentially for some of these teams, for sure. But um, we're going to look at, uh, it's been, as we said, it's been, what, like four months since we had basketball games uh, to watch real basketball games so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go back through and look at what the the teams that are at the bubble did where they were at when the season was shut down 
um, records and seedings and all that sort of stuff. And we've got one big question for each team. Now, we're going to try to move fast through several of these teams because, let's be honest, there's not as much interest in uh, the Washington Wizards, let's say, as there is in the the Lakers or something. And so um, we're going to try to move as quickly as we can so that these, this episode doesn't end up being 140 minutes and then times two for the next episode. <laughs> so we split the league into no two. No promises, though. I mean, let's <laughs> yeah, just no be promises. honest. Yeah. No promises. Yeah. Um, that is the, that's our motto here at Spread the Floor. No promises. Um, it works in my daily life as well. Uh, but but the we we can't really split the league half east to west because there are only nine teams competing from the east and there are thirteen teams competing from the west. So what we did is we took uh, we took the top six seeds for this this episode. You're gonna get the top six seeds in the west and the bottom five seeds in the East. And then in the second episode, we'll reverse that, and we will do the top four seeds, I believe, in the East, and uh, and the bottom, what is that, seven seeds in, mm-hmm. in the West. So we tried to kind of just spread it out so we can, uh, we can have some good conversations here and keep the teams that are sort of grouped together together in the conversation. That's the, that's the thinking behind that. So, mm-hmm. so this episode, again, top, uh, top six seeds in the West, bottom five seeds in the East. And we're just going to alternate back and forth here. We went through today and, uh, and looked at all the teams and the records and whatnot and, and put down some questions for each of them. So Tobin, I'll let you, you want to kick us off or do I need, I need to kick I think you need to kick us off on this one. Yeah. I'll start us off on this episode. I'm going to start with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, we'll get a quick and easy one out of the way. They are 30 and 34. They are the seventh seed. They're a half game up on the Magic from the eighth seed. Uh, they were the 22nd rated offense, eighth rated defense, which is a l- slightly surprising to me as somebody who didn't watch just a ton of Nets games this year. And 10th in pace. We know they've been decimated by coronavirus and, uh, and injuries and whatnot. My question for you for the Brooklyn Nets is how many shots per game does Jamal Crawford get up? At this point, because he's, you know, like number two <laughs> on the depth chart. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's going to at least be 10 to 15 because, I mean, who else is going to take those shots? I mean, he's exactly. he's got to be moving yeah. up in his, you know, depth chart at this point. I mean, like by default. And, I mean, look, Jamal Crawford can, you know, he's got some pedigree. He can shoot, obviously, and... I mean, why not at this point? Like you, you guys he are going to do anything. shoot. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's going to get ten to fifteen a game. I mean, and and at this point, who cares? Like, because especially if you're in his shoes too, like you got to be thinking: if I come out here and hit, you know, eight out of fifteen shots a game, then I might be able to get myself a one year, you know, deal next year mm-hmm. somewhere. And yeah. so, go for it, man. Go, let's go, Jamal. Get it done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they've got Kar- Karis Levert. Obviously, is about the only big time rotation player at least from a from a scoring standpoint that's left on that that roster um besides jamal crawford so i i fully expect i fully expect crawford comes out and just pops 15 or more a game shots i mean not points, yeah because that dude loves to shoot um and good for him well uh, well <laughs> that's about as interesting as it gets for the nets no kidding so speaking of <laughs> not interesting let's move on to the washington wizards who i will think i can say is the 22nd team invited i'm pretty yeah. certain that this was a yeah. 22nd invite uh they are 24 and 40 they are the ninth seed in the east which is like being the 15th seed in the in the west <laughs> uh they are five and a half back they're you know they're not great and my question for you, or the note that we have put in there, is no one cares. So, Brian, <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> it's true. No one cares. Uh, yeah. th- you're exactly right. They were the 22nd team, I think, by a, by a fair stretch. 
you know, they did have, they were good offensively this year. They were slightly above middle of the pack and they were fifth in pace. I mean, we saw there were stretches where Scott Brooks had that team really clicking offensively. The problem is they were the worst defensive team in the league by, by a pretty fair stretch and, and not a lot of talent. And then you're taking away Bradley Beal and, and Davis Bertans from that, from that. Rotation. Yeah. I mean, so, I think if you had Beal in the games like that, would at yeah, least sure. be somewhat entertaining in the fact of who's going to, you know, him playing for possible trade next year, but yeah, no Bertans, no, no, uh, Beal. The only way I would watch this game is if they decided to roll out John Wall because that would be mm-hmm. just high <laughs> entertainment. So yeah, Washington Wizards. Sorry, sorry. I'm not trying to you know sure. be mean or anything, but yeah. No, they don't belong here, and they know that. It's okay. It's it's that that's the result of the East is so much worse than the West in most in most ways that there just wasn't a race there, and they felt like they. I guess the NBA felt like they couldn't try the the uh, pool play that we talked about, or or just even do sixteen just, seeds. Yeah, you know, totally. One of sixteen. Totally. Right. Um, so, you know, and, and by the way, the, Milwaukee is like, yeah, no, we do absolutely want to play either Washington or Brooklyn, not, uh, <laughs> you know, not Memphis, not not New Orleans, sure. not one of these teams. So I totally get it. Um, we'll move along here. Hey, we're doing good through two teams that no one really cares <laughs> about. So that's good. Uh, I'll bring to you the Denver Nuggets, 43 and 22. They are the three seed. They are one and a half games back. And one and a half games up. So they are uh, certainly not locked into that three seed, but I do feel like they're fairly, they, they, I would say that they're they're fairly likely to stay right there at that three spot. They're the ninth rated offense, 12th rated defense, 29th in pace, which surprised me just a little bit. I, not that I thought that they would be at the, you know, the top of the rankings from a pace standpoint, but it that low surprised me a little bit. Um the thing for them, I think, and then the question that I'll pose to you is, can they assert themselves as the third best team in the conference? Because I don't think it's any shame to say they are not, they are clearly not better than the Lakers or the Clippers when both of those teams are at, at full strength. And that's okay. Can they assert themselves as like a team that can, can push one of those two teams and then next year go into, go into the season with some a little with with some positivity and thinking that, that we maybe maybe with another year under our belts maybe a couple of additions here and there we can actually do something against those teams. I think that this is kind of a yes and no question in the sense of they if if the if they finished it today they would be playing the Rockets in the first round and I don't think there's any person that would immediately give that to the to the Nuggets without some pause. And so to me that kind of answers the question of it's it's going to be sketchy for them to be able to assert themselves because I mean look I mean you said it yourself they're one and a half back and one and a half up which means that they are like smack in the middle they're not running away in from anywhere and there's questions about their health um, Skinny Jokic uh, actually had a pretty rough <laughs> pretty pretty rough uh, scrimmage the other day and I, which is I know it's a scrimmage we shouldn't be too concerned but you know like there's there was concerns about this team before we left for the break. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, I, I think it's, it, it would be kind of dumb for us to just ignore them now. But I, I think they have the best chance at being the third best team. But I could also would not be surprised at all if they either get trumped in the first round by the late, I mean, not the Lakers, uh, the, the Rockets or the Mavs, or mm-hmm. see them slip in these eight seeding games and then end up being a five or a six seed, you know, and it's just. Mm-hmm. There's so much that can happen in this scenario, like we've said, and they don't like they just I, I don't know they did they I think last year I everybody wanted them to be 
like this team that took over and they just completely, you know, came out of the gate slow. And I, I'm afraid that's going to happen again because, yeah, it's, it's going to yeah. be. It, to me, it's indicative of, of the West in in how tight the race is and how how much uh, how, how we're going to talk a lot, I would say, on this episode and in the next episode about about matchups and and the way that that works in the you know um it's just the way that whole stretch from from the nuggets down to the mavs i think and mavs will be in the next episode but but that whole group i don't feel like i mean it's tough for me with the nuggets because i do think that they are a better team than the rockets but i don't know how the matchup works Mm -hmm. and i i do think that they're a better team than the jazz and that one I would feel more confident about, but but even the Mavs, I'm I, I don't know that 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 how the matchup plays, and it just was a really it was a strange season for the Nuggets to watch them. At times, excel. They were they won a lot of tight, close games at the end, and yeah. that can be a great sign, and it can also be like a sign that's like, well, it doesn't usually break that way for for a lot of teams. Um, no. and so you're really you know you're you're really kind of pushing it if you're kind of expecting to to be able to pull out these these gutty wins at the end the way that they did this year um and then they just you know there were other times where they really underachieved against against worse teams i i I think mike malone's done a good job there um over the last couple of years but i i still question i don't really understand his rotations a lot of times yeah that's been (laughs) that's been miserable you know, and one caveat yeah. on that note too is like Michael Porter Jr. Like if he gets time, like the, he's shown that he can be great this year. They brought Bull Bull into you know uh, the <laughs> scrimmage game, and he you know he was actually pretty <laughs> impressive. You know, it was great. Yeah. So yeah. that's In the a, thing is like, you know, like so game, one little like nugget, if you will, is Hey-o. you know <laughs> is that sunglasses on. Yeah. <laughs> Those those two things. If if Malone decides to lean into some youth here, they mm-hmm. they could be incredibly dangerous. But I just don't I don't have any faith that he's going to do that. So sure, sure, yeah, yeah. That's my that's my thing. I just I I for the Nuggets' sake, unless they obviously unless they face the Mavs, then I hope they, they get swept. Because <laughs> but but otherwise, I I would because I do I like watching the Nuggets play. I love Jokic. I don't love Jamal Murray, and that's the question that I think you that ends up having to be asked at the end of this. It's Mike Malone number one, and then and then Jamal Murray, unless they have a good showing against the Clippers or the Lakers. You know, if if it if everything holds to form of what it is right now, then you're talking. They play the Rockets in round one, and then uh, if they beat the Rockets, then they move on to the Clippers. If you push the the Clippers in a six seven game series, I think you can feel okay about coming back next year with more minutes for Michael Porter Jr. and with I would assume so, you know, a few changes around the edges and stuff. And, and, and maybe things are, you're feeling good about that, but if they struggle in that first round or win the first round and get to the second round and then just get trounced. I mean, it just, it's, and it's, it's not a super young team either. So it's, I, I, they have lots of, let me rephrase that. There are plenty of guys on that team. It's not like they've, they've got tons of nine, 10 year veterans on the team, but but they also have a lot of guys that you're kind of going to look at and say, I don't know that that guy is getting better over the next three years. Mm-hmm. And so the improvement's going to have to come from the outside, whether that's in coaching or in changing of players or, or whatever. So yeah, it's just, it's, they're in a, they're in an interesting place. I'm very interested to watch the nuggets as they unfold over the next few weeks and see, see kind of what happens just from a, like an outsider's perspective. So speaking of a, a interesting place, 
Another team from that West uh, log jam is the Oklahoma City Thunder. They are 40 mm. and 24. They are in the fifth seed as of right now. They are one back. They are one and a half up. Their offense is ranked 14th. Defense is ninth, and their pace is 20th. The question I have for you is, are they built for the playoffs? Do you think they are a team that could make a make a push in this in this setting? I don't. Um, I've listened to the the opposing viewpoint on that. That are you know I I, I listened to Royce Young I think with um, with Zach Lowe or somebody and I, and a couple others and have made the case for you know here's why they they potentially could make a run. I. I just don't see it, and and I'm I fully admit part of that may be the bias of I didn't expect this team to be uh, a five seed type team coming into the season, and they still in some ways don't really pass the eye test to me. Uh, Chris Paul has just done an incredible job with that team, and 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 Shea is is potentially a, a star. I mean, he really he came out in a way this year that I I didn't expect. He improved so much. Um, and I like a lot of the, the pieces they have around. I just I think for me, Tobin, they 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 seem like they feel like a team that you know. I mentioned the Nuggets with their clutch wins and stuff. The Thunder, I think, were the best team in the league by a, by a, a fair stretch um, at, at game at winning games um, or point differential in the last five minutes of clutch games and stuff. And that's like one of those things where you say, "Man, that's that's very impressive. That's great." And then you kind of watch how that team plays and you see the players they put on the floor. And to me, they feel like a team that is trying hard in January and February when most teams are not trying hard. Mm-hmm. And that usually does not translate very well to um, – d- doesn't translate very well to the playoffs. So sure. it wouldn't surprise me at all. Of, of the, those teams that are you know, locked in – that are in the, the two through seven range in the West, really the three through seven, that's the one to me that seems – the most prime to to drop out of their seating, um, and even if they don't, I, I don't want that to be taken as like a I'm knocking the the Thunder or Chris Paul or anything that they have going there. It's been a fantastic season what they they've accomplished, but I I don't think I would be super scared to play them in the playoffs if I was the Nuggets or or the Clippers or or one of these teams. I mean, you, you whatever you know the, the Jazz, the Mavs, the Rockets. The, you know that's that's maybe a little different <clears throat> because they're all kind of packed in at the same spot there but but those upper teams i i don't know that they're going to be too too upset to see the thunder in round one i don't think you should be scared of them um but i do think especially depending on where they land they could be a team that sneaks up on a first round matchup like like say for instance that they ended up beating the the utah jazz because the jazz which we'll get to in in a second um, mm-hmm. You never know what to expect with them. But let's say they beat the Jazz in the first round, then they'll get decimated by the Lakers in the second round because there's no mm-hmm. way they can hang with them. That being said, like the, the, you can't really like we we were both way wrong about the Thunder. Like I mean, both of us yeah, were for sure. And no they've done a fantastic yeah. job. And and I think we're gonna see too with the Rockets that this is one of those things where you know as much as we hate to say it, like Chris Paul's value as a closer has really taken this young team forward, and mm-hmm. that might actually be you know, a playoff thing for them too. So, um, I'm not, I'm not going to say that they're built for the playoffs, but I would not be shocked if they made some noise in the first round, I guess is the way I'll put it. Fair. That's fair. All right. You mentioned the Rockets, So that's where I'll go next. Uh, Houston's 40 and 24. They are the sixth seed. Currently they're one back of the five seed, one and a half games up on the Mavs and the seventh seed. Um, they are the number two offensive rated team, the number 16 defensive rated team, fourth in pace. 
you know the question I'm going to ask you here, um, and I this is it, it's almost a bummer um, that we didn't get to see. Well, it is a bummer, obviously, because it's it's a freaking pandemic. But um, we didn't get to see how this was going to play out um, with their their just full on dedication to small ball. So my question here is: Does Mori Ball work in the playoffs for you? Uh, no, there's okay. There's no way. <laughs> I mean. We said it before the pandemic. If you're playing the Nuggets, maybe because the you know the the Nuggets mm. don't really have a strong post presence other than Jokic, and mm-hmm. Millsap is kind of like the shortest center ever award, and so like mm-hmm. you know that's just kind of because that's kind of where he plays, and so like if you if you're playing the Nuggets, it's probably a decent matchup, but you know when you go against Gobert and Stephen Adams and. Uh, Anthony Davis and all those guys, I just think that's going to eat you up. I really do. Like when you play PJ Tucker at the five or when you play, uh, who was it? Yeah. Who's the Daniel house at the five that, you right, know, right. I just don't think that's like, that might get you some, you know, that might get you some stretched floor, which is what, which is what they need. And I mean, I'm sorry, it was not doing what's that's what they they're looking for. But mm-hmm. I just don't think any world of Robert Covington, Daniel house or PG Tucker at the five is going to be, you know, mm-hmm. conducive for playoff success. I mean, like, I mean, I know that a lot of centers, like, I mean, we talked about last year about how Rudy Gobert just shrank in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, right. I, think, I think, if anything, he's probably licking his chops, hoping they get the Rockets. You think so? I mean, may, yeah, because, like, how are they going to defend? I mean, how are they going to come inside with him there? I mean, they don't have any but size. But they're not going to. I mean, well, that's I the thing. That's they true. won't. Yeah. <laughs> they just, they'll have Westbrook drive and kick. And, and I, I mean, here's what it is for me with the Rockets. I... I don't think I mean to me it's le- it's 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 less about how do they match up against bigs like Jokic and Gobert and more about how in the world are they going to stop bigger wings like uh like like what the Lakers and the Clippers have. Lakers and Clippers have more size on the wing than than anyone else and so maybe in some ways that's an unfair question cuz it's you know for me to say how are you going to beat the one or the two seed is tough. Mm-hmm. Um is the season a failure if they win the first round and then lose to the Clippers or the Lakers no. in the second round? I mean, no, in a, in the grand scheme of things, no, because you're the sixth seed right now. But in the sure. in the right. Rockets scheme of things, uh, on top of the ter- turmoil they've had with Maury right. Right. and everything else, yeah. and on D'Antoni's kind of on his last ticket, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a problem. You know, the other sure. thing, too, that we, we probably need to take into consideration with this pandemic stuff is there has been multiple, like, multiple players talking about how this is a shooter friendly gym that they've been mm-hmm. playing in. And sure. that bodes very well for the Rockets in that case. Big time. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that, that, it, that could be, I mean, me and you had both said off the air, maybe even on the air that one of our biggest fears is that they're going to come in and just steamroll people mm-hmm. because of the way they play. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely possible. I mean, rest is a huge thing yes. for James Harden. That's been proven out time and time again. So he, he had four months off, but so. they've also kind of already, you know, been the topic of controversy and you know problems and it's just i mean if we know anything about russell westbrook and in the way the rockets you know operate that's probably going to continue to some extent you know we're 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 due for a crater crater game at some point doesn't matter if we're in a bubble or not so yeah definitely i mean it's just a they're they're a very interesting team to watch on that front i i mean i said this back in in february or march and it's been not that I was ahead of the curve or anything like that, but I don't know, maybe for once I was, but, but the, it's been picked up multiple times over the last couple of weeks with, with, with these, uh, podcasts and pieces trying to catch everything up. I, 
you can catch teams off guard with the lineup that they run out there. Um, when, when one night they're playing you and then, and then two nights later they're, they're playing the Clippers and then three nights later they're playing the the Pistons and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's a different thing when, when a team has two or three days to prepare exclusively for you in a series. Uh, Mm -hmm. I just, it requires a, a, it requires a, a, a defensive discipline to guard this team because you, you know, you just your, your entire basketball life has been, we got to shut this down and that that's exactly what they want you to do. They want you to collapse and stop, stop drivers. They want you to do all these sorts of things. And I just think once you get up against a team that does have defensive discipline and does have time to prep, I just don't think it's going it, to, I don't think it works. Yeah. Um, but, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm interested for sure. So speaking of teams playing small ball, let's go over <laughs> to the Eastern Conference to the Indiana Pacers. Uh, they are at the time uh, thirty nine and twenty six. They are the fifth seed in the in the East. They are two back and they are tied. Um, and their offense is seventeenth. Their defense is seventh, and their pace is twenty fourth. So t- sticking with the small ball theme, how does mm-hmm. being forced to play small work for them? I actually like them small. Um, I've watched both of their – I think I've watched both of their scrimmages now. Um, one against Dallas. I can't, I can't remember who they were playing the, the previous game, but it was um, not having Sabonis on the floor with Turner. They don't have a ton of talent to go to, but they do have a lot lot more, I think, sort of explosiveness or guys who just, like, come in and, and fill, fill a need. And so – and there's more space on the floor. I was surprised at how, I mean, you know, you look at their, they were what, 24th in pace on the year. Just the game against Dallas, especially, they were much, they were running much more than that, um, than what that, that number would reflect. And, and it kind of worked. I, I, you know, they're going to be feisty. That's how, you know, a Pacers team always is. A Nate McMillan team is always feisty. They got a lot of guys who are scrappy hustle type players. Um, and when you don't have, I mean, I love Sabonis. Sabonis is a really good player, but when you don't have that that sort of mini twin tower thing that they had going with Sabonis and Turner, and you you were kind of forced to revert to different ways of play, I genuinely I think it could work for them. Um, the floor was so open uh, against Dallas, and not that Dallas is a great defensive team, but it was it was much different than what even then. I mean, we saw the Pacers play here in Dallas right before mm-hmm. the shutdown, and it, the floor was so much more open. Um, during this whole thing than it was uh, during that game. And to me, that I think it can they can benefit from from needing to go small against some teams. Now, it would kill them against others, I think, but, but against some teams, I think it could really work. But they, they're, at the end of the day, it is all about Victor Oladipo. That team, I mean, is, I like Malcolm Brogdon's good and, and the holidays are good and, and Miles Turner is good and all this sort of stuff, but like, the difference between Oladipo and that first scrimmage versus his second scrimmage were unbelievable. And the team was so much better when he was active and had, he really had his, his game going. So if he plays like he is capable of playing even at like 80 or 85% of it, I mean, they could be, they could be not fun to play Mm -hmm. in the first round of the playoffs. Um, But if he's, if he's going to do the thing that he was doing through the, the, the last month of the season where it was like one good game, one bad game, one, I mean, that, that's, that's going to kill them, I think, ultimately. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I would tend to agree. I think that they're one of my favorite the- teams to watch, but I just never know what to expect from from them in this sure. setting, and especially with Depot. You just like, I mean, I, I I'm mm-hmm. fearful that he's shouldn't be playing, but you know, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. also don't fault him for playing. So, yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, let's stay east. Um, let's talk about Orlando. Thirty and thirty-five. They're the eight seed. Half game back of the seventh seed. So I think that is a that is a given. They will end up being the seventh seed. Um, half game back of the seventh seed, five and a half up on Washington in the eighth seed. 24th offense, 10th defense, 26th in pacing. Um, also, tonight they got Jonathan Isaac back. Um, and he looked awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, looked, he looked incredible. Uh, and Markel Fultz played tonight as well. So they've, they've reassembled their team, which they haven't had for a long time. Um, I wrote down the, the, the question about Aaron Gordon. For, I'm going to change it a little bit because Isaac changes the way that I look at that team. My question to you is, is I, I think we both agree, even at their peak, Orlando's not making a playoff run. This is not going to be a, yeah. some sort of magical <clears throat> season, quote-unquote, uh, sorry, sunglasses on, when, uh, where they, you know, they make some run through the playoffs. For me, I want to know, if you're when you're watching this team, are you – is there anything you're looking for beyond how does the Gordon Isaac matchup work? Because do we have to decide that we're keeping one of these guys? Do we have to decide that we're done with Aaron Gordon? What can we get for Aaron Gordon? All that sort of thing. So I guess what I'm asking you is how, what, what are are you looking for anything beyond the Gordon Isaac team up thing? I mean, no. And let's also not forget that Mo Bamba looks swole now. Have you seen the pictures of him? <laughs> he looks yeah. like he didn't do anything but lift weights during quarantine. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. no, I think that that's since you don't really have anything to play for. And I hate saying that, but in this setting, you yeah. just really don't. That's I fair. think that yeah. your biggest thing about these eight games and in the, the first series is what can we do? And then is, is it possible to move forward? Because this is one of the worst roster you know configurations like the the way this mm-hmm. thing was put yeah. together is just it's ridiculous i mean it's it's just the i i understand it's just it's it's a lot like when the sixers drafted a center for the like four out of the five years and it's just it feels like every year they get a player that does not fit aaron gordon and he's mm-hmm. been their franchise player for years now i mean but you yeah, but the, quote unquote yeah no, quote unquote yeah. yeah that's what i'm saying it's just mm-hmm. he's being he's routinely being asked to create and he's not suited for that role. And then they don't have any outside p- threats except for Fournier and Ross. And mm-hmm. so now you have to figure out, is Isaac Fultz and Gordon going to be our future? Or mm-hmm. do we roll with Isaac and trade off Gordon? Or do we roll with Gordon and trade off Isaac and then put Bamba somewhere in there? And is Fultz going to be... I mean, there are so many questions to this mm-hmm. team and what you need to do this offseason to go forward. So I feel like this, I mean, if I'm the ma- the magic like GM and stuff, I'm going to that coach and I'm just saying, I want you to play these different lineups. You know, mm-hmm. one game yeah. we're going to do this, one game we're going to do this, one game we're going to do this, and we're going to figure out what the heck we're going to do with this team because it's, right. I mean, it's, it's high time to start doing something. I mean, there's even, I think even, I think Fournier is also on, is it, is he not, he may be a free agent this year, actually, now I think about it. I believe it. he has an option this year. Yeah, so he, uh, so he might not be, be back either. Yeah. So, so the yeah. one, one of the two perimeter threats you have is possibly leaving this summer, you know, or, mm-hmm. oh gosh, it is summer, whatever, this off season. <laughs> this fall. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so yeah. it's just, what are you going to do with it? Because Gordon is not going to be a, is not going to be a guard. He's not going to be your create player. And so mm-hmm. they got to figure yeah. that out. 
I, I had this prepared for Gordon, but just put, yeah, for the yeah, whole no, team. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm with you, I'm with you. No, I, yeah. I threw your curveball, because, but Isaac, I didn't expect Isaac to play tonight. And that yeah, and he, and he looked great. Um, and uh, also, mm-hmm. side note, I'm really digging cornrow Gordon. That was pretty, pretty baller, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, when I jotted that question, I was like, well, part of it is because Gordon's looked really good in the mm-hmm. scrimmage that we he watched, did. and he looked more active. And to me, he's always been one of these very intriguing players where I, I just feel like he's been so poorly utilized that... You know, I don't, maybe some of it's him, maybe a lot of it's him. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's, he's, he's somebody who's not getting the most out of his talent, but I I don't think he's ever been put in the right situation to try to get that out of him when you're just constantly surrounded by guys who, um, place essentially the same position as you in, in today's positionless basketball. There are no playmakers. There are no shooters on the floor. They have, they're, they're, that team is just perpetually dedicated to the idea of, of winning somewhere between 36 and 42 games. And it's just, it's so frustrating to watch, to watch that take place. And then he has this, Gordon has this contract that's, that's, that, uh, that gets smaller over time. Um, it's actually a so very tradable him, piece at this point. Oh, for yeah. sure. It makes him a very tradable asset. But I don't know how you value him. We had this conversation, I think, at the trade deadline. Because we were talking about if we could make a, like a package for him, but we had no clue right. what would be considered a good package. And I've asked other people that as well. It's not just me. I, 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 I've Not that I have like inside sources or something, but I've talked to a lot of people about Aaron Gordon, and I get this sense from everybody of like, I don't really know what his value is. Because it could be um, one of those things where like he if he goes to the right team and gets put in a role that fits for him, he could be like at – at worst, like a stud third option on the mm-hmm. team, you know. And mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, at best, you know, it's not even at best, but at worst, he's like a a good starter. You know, it just it really is just a like there's nothing around him that fits what he is doing. Right. And for years, they haven't done anything. And then this year, their solution to that was give Vucevic a giant contract. And Vucevic was great, you know, like you and right. you kind of have to give him that deal. But it just further dug into the fact that mm-hmm. you've got mm-hmm. all of these quasi post players that don't really fit together on the same time yeah. on the same court. Yeah. So yeah, no playmaking, no shooting. It's, it's just, it's just a bad, it's a very bad roster construction. Yeah. That's so funny. They went and signed Aminu too. Remember that? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Why, why? I love Aminu, but what, what are you doing? How does he fit into this team? Um, it's just that they're, they're in a very odd space. I would, I'm with you. I would for sure. I would spend these next eight games plus whatever you get in the playoffs, just trying to figure out, does Isaac Gordon Bomba work? And if 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 it looks okay, then okay, what can we add to that to make it, you know, actually good? Um and, and how can we how can we put playmakers and shooters around him? Cause it's cause otherwise you really are kind of going to because as much as I love Jonathan Isaac, and I do, I'm a big Isaac fan, he's not going to he is very similar to Gordon in that he's not I don't think there's a world in which he's ever going to be even a, a third option offensively for a team. I mean, he just doesn't have that kind of game. He may be, he may end up winning multiple defensive player of the year awards, but he's, I don't think he's ever going to be a really good go-to offensive player. And so it, it just, it's, it's, I don't know. They got to figure out how that all works out. I'm super glad that he's back and I'm sure they're the magic are, are glad too. Cause now they'll get mm-hmm. to look, at how that actually worked because I I mean they haven't had, had a, to be a they bummer. haven't had a full team like no ever no <laughs> like, yeah 
for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at least so. The, the, that's one other thing that's been hard for them is that they can't really jump ship on things when they haven't really been able to do what they needed to do yet, mm-hmm. or at least according mm-hmm. to them. So, I mean, that's you know. Sure. All right. So, staying in the east, uh, one more time, or yeah, yeah, one more time mm-hmm. uh, is we're going to go to the Philadelphia. 76ers who are 39 and 26. They are the sixth seed. They are tied for that and they're eight and a half up um, on the seven. They are 18th in offense, sixth in defense, and 19th in pace. I have a hundred questions for you, <laughs> but I'm gonna stick to this one. Where do they end up being seated in the playoffs after the eight seeding games? This is one of the biggest questions to me because it's not just it's not just where do they end up, it's where do they want to be. Mm-hmm. Because you look ahead, okay, and I heard, I think it was Hall, it was Hollinger because I was like, that's stupid, and Hollinger drives me insane. <laughs> um, high key, John Hollinger is such a, is a genius and also does, in so many ways, does so much to damage <laughs> the... The uh, advanced analytics crowd, like it, it, so many things that he says and writes, you just want to, you just want to give him a wedgie and call him a nerd because it's just like, well, okay, but use your eyeballs to watch basketball too. Try that, try that as well. Um, put those two things together. Regardless, I believe I heard Hollinger talking about how. So the thing with what I'm saying with the seating here, that if in case listeners not is is you know unaware or, or doesn't really see how it, how it's going to play out. They're the sixth seed, so right now they would be playing the Boston Celtics. I think the Celtics are a really, really good basketball. It's really, really good. But just as we talked earlier about matchups, the Sixers are about the worst matchup mm-hmm. for the Celtics. And I think they will – I'm not going to say they will kill the Celtics, but that is a – to me, that is a much easier road for them um, than it will be to if they were to pop up into that five seed and and get Miami. And moreover – We'll talk more about Miami and Milwaukee in, in the second part of this, uh, the, the episodes this week, but Miami is the worst matchup for Milwaukee. And so if I'm the Sixers, I am full, I'm happy to sit there in that sixth seed and play the Celtics in round one and have the Heat play the, the, the Bucks in, in, the, in the second round. If that's, you know, if that's end up, ends up being how it, how it breaks, if, 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 if uh, form holds, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I think the 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 counter to that, that that Hollinger was making is like it's just it's too hard to win in the playoffs if you have to go through the one two and three seed. And I just think that's the dumb, one of the dumber things I've ever heard because because we all know that that matchups matter in the NBA. And if you're if the three seed is a better matchup for you than the than the four seed, then I would much rather play the three seed. And then we'll yeah. we'll see what happens when we move on from there. So and not to mention to the me, fact if the I'm Sixers, the Celtics, it's like. Yeah, well, and not to mention that the Sixers are not a true six seed, if we're being honest with ourselves. Oh, for sure, because they've sure. they've had injuries, they've had some bumps in a row this year, and if they are, especially with the way that this pandemic is done, if they've had four months to get healthy, like they're not a six mm-hmm. seed. I mean, they're just not. No. And so, like that's that's one of the most like you know Wolfson sheets clothing thing about mm-hmm. all of this sure. is that sure. if you're Boston, you're like, man, this sucks. We've done all this stuff mm-hmm. to get in a good position and we're going to land the Sixers possibly. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're probably For hoping sure. that they, they can catch the two seats so they can play the nets. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. No, I totally, I, I just think, Look, I mean, for the record, I don't have any faith in the Sixers. No, whatsoever. no, no, no. Like, no. I, of course I, not. I think that there are so many things that are dysfunctional with the way that that team works and, or actually doesn't work that I think that there's just too many things that will end up, something will end up being the, 
I mean, it will be the TikTok of, you know, one of you will betray me tonight. I mean, that's the thing. It's like eventually Joel Embiid will eat too many eggs and have a tummy ache or Ben Simmons will refuse to take a shot from further than two feet out. Or by the way, this entire huge lineup thing that they have going just doesn't work. And Al Horford's 77 years old. And there's too many things there, I think. So it won't end up ultimately mattering. But if I'm the Sixers, man, bring on the, Mm -hmm. bring on the Celtics all day long compared to just from a matchup standpoint. I know our buddy Brad is going to be like, is going to be screaming at his, his, uh, his iPod. I assume he listens on an iPod, but no, uh, it's just, I think the Celtics are a better team than the Sixers. Don't get me wrong, but the matchup is just bad for them. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I would be fully content if I was the Sixers to sit in that six seed and, and play out the string. How it goes. Absolutely. Okay. Um, let me hit this one. Let's go, let's go back West. We have three more teams in the West. We, we intentionally end, we're going to end with the two LA teams because we are basic. Um, but I'm gonna start with Utah 41 and 23. They're the four seed. One and a half back of the three seed, uh, one up on the five seed. They are eighth in offense, which is a little surprising to me. 11th in defense, 25th in pace. Not surprising whatsoever. Um, I My question to you is, do they have any chance of a playoff run, or is this the same Utah team that we have seen for the last two or three years? I am hesitant to say that it's the same, but I think it is the same. Um, and I think it's not the same in the sense of this isn't. they haven't had a year to – get their chemistry right. And if anything, they've done more to hurt their chemistry for obvious reasons that we've talked about before. Um, I think Donovan Mitchell having this time off, I'm, I, I weirdly think it's going to be bad for him. I don't know why I, that's just a gut feeling that I just, mm. I feel like, you know, with all the stuff that he was going, like all the stuff he came th- came out of the, you know, the FIBA with, and then coming into the year, I just, I really am worried that he's going to come out a little slow and with the way that the West is locking up right now, it's it's not that's not good because I mean they're only three, they're only two and a half games up of the Mavs right now as a four mm-hmm. seed, the four seed. And I just think that if if they blink and they start missing some, you know, having some game issues, the next thing you know they're going to be a six or seven seed and they're going to be playing, you know, the Clippers mm-hmm. or the Nuggets. And I just you know, I, I just. I, do, I think that they have the capability of being a good team. I just think that they, for some reason, they don't seem to ever lock it in. And I just don't think this mm-hmm. is going to be any different, especially considering all the drama that's been surrounding them. Because you know yeah. that they're going to get a thousand questions if they haven't already about mm-hmm. their team chemistry. There's been report after report. Whether it's accurate or not, it's still going to be a problem. And so... Sure. Uh, and plus, gosh, our boy Mike Conley has just not been what we needed him to be. <laughs> and I hope that, man, I hope that more than anything, other than the Mavs surprising in a title run, like I hope Mike Conley comes out and just wrecks shop in this. Like that would sure. be the most vindicated thing ever if he could do that. But Bogdanovich is not going to be playing, and that's that's a huge blow. Uh, I just, you know, I just I think losing Bogdanovich is going to be is going to be way bigger for them yeah. than they expect too. So. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I I think that is the that's the if you're a jazz fan to me that's the big bummer is is losing Bogdanovich because that really made a huge difference to the way that that offense clicked because you had there's just not enough bucket getters yeah. on that team. Um, it's Mitchell and and there's there's things I love about Mitchell and things I really dislike about about the way he plays and and it just kind of it is what it is. You're gonna have to deal with it. But when you've got another guy who who is a straight bucket getter like Bogdanovich is, it, it takes some of the pressure off him. There's so much pressure as it stands now. And I, you know, 
it's it's a team that I actually really like. I like watching the Jazz play ball. I like a lot of the guys they have on their team and the 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 role players especially. And I think Quinn Snyder is a great coach. But their team is so built around a defensive strategy that for the last two years has not worked. Mm-hmm. And I I maybe that's all Houston, but I I'm not. I've never been totally confident that it's just a Houston thing because I. I think it's just it's a system that you can exploit in the playoffs when you're really gearing up for it over the course of of seven games. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll see. If you're the Jazz, though, I mean, you're just you are praying that the Thunder stay in that in that five spot and that you're able to to catch them in the first round. I think because it's got to be intimidating, even if you don't believe in in the Rockets' chances uh, with you know with the new teams. But just knowing how it's gone the last two years, I. I have to imagine that if you hooked them up to a lie detector test, everybody in the jazz is like, please not the Rockets. Please mm-hmm. don't let us catch the Rockets. It's um, Which is really and, funny uh, because the Rockets might actually be terrible. But yeah, you don't you they might. You don't they want might, that bugaboo that you've always had that yeah, you've had these last sure. few years. And and matchups. And by the way, I don't I don't think they I said this during the season and then I look stupid because the Jazz beat the Mavs two times pretty convincingly. I don't think the Mavs are a good matchup for the Jazz either. And it's when you have that many Ball handlers and shooters, ball handlers and shooters. It's, I don't know. It's it's a it's a stressful stressful thing to me. If you're the Jazz, I I'd be thrilled if I'm the Jazz if we could if we can find a way to match up against the Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see how that goes. Um, all right, we we say the LA teams for the end. It's my turn, right? Or was it? Is it your uh, turn? I don't I think even it's know. It's my anymore. turn now. Okay. Yeah, because you just did Utah. It. So, all right, we'll start with the number two seed, the LA Clippers. They are forty-four and twenty. They are five and a half back of the Lakers. They are one and a half up the three seed. They are third in offense, fifth in defense, and eighth in pace. Pretty, pretty good. But <laughs> Brian Gill, does chemistry matter <laughs> like at all? Because if it does, spoiler alert, they got a lot of chemistry issues. <laughs> Okay, so given the news that has come out Man. this week, and you know, barring <laughs> you know slander aside, what what are we <laughs> what do we think is going to happen with the chemistry of the Clippers, or is it just going to be a give them the rock and let Kawhi do his thing, and it won't matter? I'm very interested to see how it goes because th- this has all been a grand experiment in. I was, I, I don't remember who, maybe it was our friend Jason was asking us about, about this. And I just was like, I mean, they've, this is how they've been the whole season. They have basically undertaken a season in which they have said that nothing matters until the playoffs period. And that if you have enough talent and, and moreover enough talent at the right positions, which they do, um, that that will win out eventually. And we, they'll be in the right spot to, to take home the, the title at the end of it. Um, it's a good gamble, I think. I I think I've been higher on this team than you have through the course of the season. Um, and I was looking pretty smart the last like three weeks before before the lockdown. Um, I mean, because they were really gelling and coming together. Yeah, I and I agree um, with you that that style. I mean, they're they're good, but I will never be okay with the idea of we're just going to turn it on when it's time to turn it on. And that might be the old school in me. Which makes me mm-hmm. a little surprised that you actually are, you know, think this is a winnable, you know, theory. <laughs> sure. Um, sure. And, and in the past, whenever Kawhi has load managed, it's been because he's had, you know, issues and stuff like that. And like, I, I understand that. And I'm not saying those issues are gone, but it seems like that mentality has kind of like leaked onto the whole team in a way. 
Because like mm-hmm. when it was the Raptors, it was just Kawhi sat out this game because we want to make sure his hip is okay, we want to make sure his hand is okay, right. you know. But the rest of the Raptors were like gelling and getting their games on. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Clippers mm-hmm. have kind of said, "Well, if Kawhi is going to do that, then I'm going to do that," you know. Sure. And sure. I think that is where the chemistry becomes an issue. And now we've seen whether it's for good reasons or not. You know, we've seen what mm-hmm. is what are we up to now? <laughs> Three or four Clippers that have left the bubble and come back. Uh huh. Yeah. And. Or or got there late or yeah. whatever, and yeah. so and you know and we're not even bringing up the whole Lou Will factor that <laughs> happened this week, and so got to get wings, bro. <laughs> Do what? You got to get wings, man. Yeah, I mean it's just <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like. You know, we. It's just, do you do you want to be there for the right reasons or do you not? And there is mm-hmm. a point where that is going, in my opinion, that is going to affect them because I just don't. Okay. I don't feel like you can act like none of this matters until the eight games are over, and there not mm-hmm. be at least minor consequences from that. And the minor consequences might be it takes them until the third round to figure it out, and then they figure it sure. out. But yeah. that's still scary. I mean, if you're a Clippers fan, in my right. opinion. That's kind of my take is I, I I do think it will it will cause problems for them to have not had their team together like at all um, over the, the last uh, over the whole season, but certainly over the course of this restart in the training camp and all this. And by the way, Kawhi Leonard, I think it's that I saw right before we came on the air is that in the scrimmage games, he is shooting 26 percent from the field. I mean, not great. It, it, I, he's not come out great, um, but he still is one of the five best players in basketball. So I, I just assume that that will. He, he to out. me is not the issue. The issue is the is the supporting sure. cast. And quite honestly, like Paul George has not done anything wrong. But like if Paul George doesn't have chemistry, like that's yeah. a huge miss. You know that that's that's the thing. Sure. And, and he's not like I said. Paul Paul George is actually you know doing the right thing and, and staying. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 totally. But 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 it's it is hard to gel as a team when you're when when Pat Beverly's out, when Lou Will is out, when Montrezl Harrell is out, when Landry Shamit's not even there yet. I think Marcus Morris got there like the day we recorded last yeah. week. I mean, it's it's they've been all over the map with this stuff. I, um, I just think you know, and we'll, let's let's move on to the next team because I think that it, just to kind of put into perspective, mm-hmm. the other LA team has all been there and they have all been working out together, and their leader is is setting the goal, setting the, you know, the goal, not the goal, setting the, the pace. Well, and so, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll f- my finishing thoughts with the Clippers is what I think is going to end up happening is barring injury is, is you're going to see, I think they've just made it harder on themselves and ultimately they'll be fine. That's my guess that they're going to, that I don't think they're going to, unless, I mean, who, we'll see who ends up in that seven seed. They're just such a bad matchup for the Mavs that maybe it doesn't matter, but I think they're going to struggle in their their seri- their first round series. You may see that go six six games. Their second round series, you may see that go six seven mm-hmm. games. Their final, their you know their conference final series, you may see that go six seven games. They're you know, and they're just eventually they come out um, in the finals or on top of everything. That that's my guess. It, that that yes, that chemistry is going to be an issue because it, it, it. I don't know how it could not be, but that they have enough talent at the right positions that it's it's ultimately won't matter beyond it just being a dip, more difficult road. Mm-hmm. So um, that's my take. And then you have the Lakers. The Lakers are 49-14. They're the one seed. They're five and a half up on the Clippers, so it's basically locked in. Fourth-rated offense, third-rated defense, 12th in pace. Um, you mentioned that they're all there. That's not quite true. They're missing Avery Bradley, who I think was very important to their defense. That's against true, yeah. Mostly guards, point guards. Um, there is plenty of times <laughs> where... Let me put it this way. Avery Bradley's defensive pedigree is is a bit I think is a bit overrated. 
but um, against the right, against certain guards especially, he, he can be very valuable in those settings. Um, they'll be without Rondo for the, the first eight weeks of this whole thing. I don't really think that's a loss other than it just means that Quinn Cook has to play more, more basketball, and I don't know that that's a great thing. And then they've got Dwight Howard, who Lord knows what could happen with, uh, with him anytime. But they do seem, and to your point, um, you, you see them in their, 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 uh, their warm-ups and things like that. They do seem to be a cohesive team, and there are several other teams at the bubble right now that I don't think can claim that that's true for their team, um, especially perhaps the Clippers. My question for you is, they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis – and then a bunch of dudes, and is that enough? Is that enough to win an NBA title? Because I think we both agree there is that anything short of winning a title when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis is a failure, I, I feel like. I, maybe, maybe I'm, I don't want to speak for you. I, I think if you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis and they're both healthy, if you don't win a title, you feel like you left something on the table. So is Anthony Davis and LeBron James enough to uh, to? achieve those goals well and to that point too is that if you it is a failure because if you also don't convince ad that you can win titles here he can leave after this year and so Mm -hmm. that's that kind of puts some extra pressure on it um i do think that's a loaded question and you're right i forgot about (laughs) avery bradley and and i you know when we watched that when the Mavs played them in the scrimmage that was one thing that the la broadcasters brought up is that he his defensive prowess will be missed um Mm -hmm. but the thing about Rondo too is that this means more Caruso time. And look, Car- Caruso, <laughs> right. like I, I guess I learned something at the scrimmage the other night because I, I don't watch obviously LA broadcast very often, and I don't think that the national guys are, you know, they'll prop up Caruso, but they're not giving us hard numbers and stuff. The the LA guys were giving hard numbers that were proving that basically when he's on the court, their offense is a lot more efficient, I mean, mm-hmm. a lot more high paced, and so that might actually work out really well for them. And um, I do think it's enough. The, the the question marks that I have, though, are is Kyle Kuzma going to figure it out before this starts? <laughs> and that's a big if. But if he yeah. can get at all to what he was before LeBron was there, that might actually be incredibly helpful. And the other question I'm going to have is, are J.R. Smith and Deion Waiters going to explode at some point? You know, because <laughs> right. in the t- yeah. I like the scrimmage I was just watching tonight, and then in the in the, the mass scrimmage too. Waiters is he, man, he he doesn't look terrible, but he doesn't look great, and he looks like he's he's trying to prove something. And it could just be because it's a scrimmage, but mm-hmm. that could also very very violently backfire for them. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so. I guess when you know when you have LeBron, it's always going to be enough because LeBron has proven time and time again that he can take over a situation, and he he looks more determined for this year than he has in years, and mm-hmm. so I think that's you can't ignore that. But if if I'm you know the Clippers or the Bucks or Boston, I, I'm not you know I'm not thinking it's impossible. I guess is the best way to put that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the what what you see with Le- LeBron is like one of the, is maybe I mean truly you could make a case that he's the all time great uh, floor raiser because when you have him and you have AD on the court, what they have on the rest of their roster is a bunch of guys, and it honestly it go that 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 goes up when you add ridiculous variables like Neon Waiters and and Jr. Smith. You have a bunch of guys who have lots of nights where they're going to give you 
like actual less than nothing. Like they are going to be net negatives on the floor. You have lots of guys that fall into that camp. But, but all of them, I think, are capable enough of having net positive in nights that when you add, when you have 10 dudes like that, and then you have LeBron and Anthony Davis, you really only need like two of them to have positive nights, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I think I am maybe underrated when we looked at the teams at the beginning of the season. Um, because I looked at this, you know, I, 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 I mean, it's been so long now, but I, I think I kind of looked at like, well, you have LeBron and Anthony Davis and that's fantastic, but gosh, you're the rest of that roster is just, bleh, I don't, I don't really like any of these dudes. Um, and so I kind of think I thought, well, maybe I was caught up too in the idea of like, well, they, they weren't able to get that third guy that they were after so hard. And so, but they have so many of these dudes who, who are capable. Uh, I mean, J.R. Smith is definitely capable of going six for eight from the three and, and scoring 23 points in a, in a game. And so and is Danny will, Green. Yeah. Yeah. And so is Danny. I mean, if he's playing the Mavs, um, <laughs> just noted Mavs killer, Danny Green. Um, you know, Dwight Howard and, and JaVale McGee both had nights this season where they were very positive. It's not like they're scoring 25 points in the game, but they're doing those, having those nights where it's like, wow, he had 11 points and nine rebounds and three blocks in, you know, 20 minutes. Like, that's really, that really did a lot for our team tonight. And KCP and and Caruso, perhaps. I mean, I think Caruso's severely overrated, but that's fine, whatever. And then you have Kuzma, who's kind of the ultimate on that stuff. But you got a lot of guys that, are capable of having horrific nights, but are also capable mm-hmm. of having great nights. And if you just get two of those guys to get, it's not even get hot, but just have good nights, then you're probably in a good position because you have two of the five best players in basketball on your team. Um, yeah. And the other thing about that, this too, is that I don't think you're going to see a lot of what they're going to show you in these eight mm-hmm. seeding games. Cause they don't, they don't need to win any of them. Like they could basically yeah, win one sure. and clinch sure. the one seed. So I think you're not going to see what they're going to show. Like, cause we're not, we don't even know what they're going to do with J.R. Smith really. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I think they'll keep that close to the chest. That, so that way, if you know, the trailblazers or the Spurs or the Grizzlies end up playing them, they're just going to come out and, and roll them because they, and, and mm-hmm. not give you as much look as possible. So I, I just, for sure it, it's, it's easy to say, you know, one way or the other, but I just, I, I think you can't mm-hmm. count out a, a vengeful, you know, focused LeBron. So that's just mm-hmm. the way it is. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good point. All right. This has been fun. We will be back tomorrow with the second part of, uh, of our look at uh, where everybody is in, in the league as we get started uh, for this restart. So we have 11 more teams coming tomorrow. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you like what you heard, Leave us a five-star rating and a five-star review on iTunes. And uh, in that review, tell us the name of the most obscure or random NBA jersey that you own or have owned in the past. We like to read those out at the end of the show. And tell a friend. Bring your basketball buddies around to listen to the show. It helps us so much to carve out a niche in this very crowded podcast market. Like I said, we'll be back tomorrow with another episode to uh, finish recapping the where were we when this whole thing shut down and get you ready for the NBA restart, which begins on Thursday. Until then... Stay hard, yeah, Roger Rogers. Oh my God! Oh! Shut it down! Oh Let's go home! <laughs> it's a wrap, Doug! Man, that is a wrap.